All right, welcome back everyone to another episode of Age Like Wine, where we talk about older forms of art such as movies, TV shows, video games, you name it, where we see if they've aged well or not. But like people's taste in wine, just because we might like it doesn't mean you have to. We're your hosts, Matthew, Peter, Will. Today's episode, we're going to be reviewing our very first game on our podcast, and it's Bioshock 1. Woo. So a little bit, yeah, Woo. yeah. <laughs> we did it. We made it. We're gamers. All right. So yeah, a little bit of background information about the game. The game was released August 21st of 2007. That was almost, that was like 13 years ago now. It was developed yeah. by 2K Games, directed by Ken Levine. And it falls under the genre of like FPS, horror, RPG. And in the game, you play as a character named Jack, in which you basically survive a plane crash at sea, and then you end up exploring this underwater enterprise, a rapture built by Andrew Ryan. And disclaimer before we go on for this podcast, there are going to be major spoilers for this because we feel like we cannot do the game justice without talking about spoilers. So before we move on, uh, just a little background information on all our gaming history. So William, you want to start with that? Uh, I've been gaming ever since I was a wee little lad from the ripe age of one years old. I don't remember my first game, but, you know, growing up with an older brother, I was, uh, I'm like that one classic, you know, tactic where my brother gave me a controller that was like detached from the console. And I thought I was playing like Doom 64 with him, but I wasn't. And like, I kind of figured that out like early on, but yeah, that's, that's just a little tidbit. Uh, I mean, we're all here, like, we play games pretty often, uh, especially during this quarantine time. But yeah, Bioshock, specifically for me, I, I played it when, I think around when it first came out. I mean, that's when I first got an Xbox around, like, 2008, 2009. And it was one of my favorite games of all time, man. Let's see if my opinion changed or not, but I'll, I'll leave it to Matt to uh, introduce, you know, his history as well. Mm-hmm. So, um... Yeah, I've been I've been gaming for a really long time too. I had two I had I have two younger brothers. So what I happened? was <laughs> that's that's a tragic backstory for another day. No, I have two brothers, so I was more into like, you know, the co op games of the GameCube era. I played some Sega that my dad had. Like there there was there was plenty of gaming going on in my life. And I still do game, and I'm often playing with these guys, you know, doing multiplayer fun stuff. I don't do a lot of single-player games, honestly, but Bioshock is one that I had played in the past and got to play again for this podcast. And gotta say, I, I enjoyed it, definitely, as just a starting remark, I guess. I enjoyed it, and I don't always enjoy single-player games because they can be slow or they can be kind of samey. But I did enjoy it. I should disclaim uh, that I am not a big horror guy. Um, just just to give some context before we get into the rest of this podcast. I'm not a big horror guy. And that might affect my opinion on some things. Just want to be honest. And with that, I want to hand the torch to Peter. What is your gaming history, gamer? Actually, so, before you, we get to that, uh, actually I actually had a question for you, Matt. To yeah, go for it. You mentioned you liked co-op games for the GameCube. Uh, what was like your personal favorite like non-Nintendo IP game for the GameCube that was co-op? Um, I gotta say, 
Okay. It's actually not what you think it is. I, I already know where this is going, William. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or why you asked this question. I know why you asked this question, too. For the record, one of the greatest co-op games for the GameCube is Teen Titans. Um, Teen how- Titans for the GameCube. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe we'll it. go over that in a future episode. But what I was going to say is Super Monkey Ball 2, because that's not Nintendo. <laughs> Sega. But... Uh... Well, non-Sega, non-Nintendo, you'd say your favorite is Teen Titans for the GameCube. Is that correct? That is a fair assumption to make, yeah. It's, it's spectacular. good. Spectacular. Thank you. All right. Thank well, you. we'll maybe come back to that in a future episode. But, yeah. Sorry, that's a bit of an inside joke. But we'll, we'll, we'll move away from that for now. Peter, I, I give you the torch yet again. What are your thoughts, bud? Thoughts or gaming history? Oh, gaming history. Yes, please. Uh, spoiling the, the podcast, I see. <laughs> oh, just kidding. My gaming history, well, I'm a Nintendo fanboy. I've, I grew up in Nintendo. I love Nintendo. I grew up like Game Boy, DS, GameCube, Wii, you know, Switch, Wii U. Of course, I had like a PS2, Xbox 360. And I played a lot of those games. I, I pretty much play every game. In genre, I don't mind if it's multiplayer or single player. Uh, there was a time in my life where I stopped playing single player games for a long time because I kind of just got sick and tired of gaming in general. So I wasn't really, I didn't really enjoy playing games in general. But I mean, now I found my love for games again and I've been playing them. And I was really excited to play Bioshock because I never played it before, actually, unlike these two. And I really enjoyed my time playing it for the first time. So with that said, I wanted to ask you guys what. What were your initial thoughts on Bioshock? I guess, yeah. What were your initial thoughts? Uh, let's go with you, Matt. It holds up spectacularly well, from um, from a visual standpoint, from a storyline standpoint. I gotta say that it feels like it was made like very recently. Not what is it, two thousand seven? That's that's crazy. It's it's truly. Um, Truly a game ahead of its time. And I wanted to say that Bioshock has sort of paved the way for gaming in kind of a unique way where horror games didn't always have this sort of adventure style to it. This openness, this uh, ability to express yourself through different like weapons and abilities and tools and stuff. and often didn't have like such cohesive stories until Bioshock came around and really flipped the script. It set up like this whole genre of games that have become incredibly popular. Some some including Outlast, Outlast 2. Another one would be like Amnesia has been a really big game especially like in the on like YouTube and things. And it's really it really launched all that. It really set the stage for those. And my, can I say it? Uh, it has set the bar very high for games, in my personal opinion, as far as like games of that genre go, especially. But as you as you may be able to tell, I am a fan of this game, and I think it's really really solid. Uh, what about you, Will or Peter? Whoever's got initial thoughts what we what we thinking all right well uh when i first played the 
this game as a younger version of myself. Uh, I actually had no expectations for the game just because I didn't know what the game was about, which I'm grateful for because it was such a like a great experience when I first played it, especially when I was like younger. Uh, of course, like I don't think I could understand all of like the deep themes that were uh, associated with the game, but like looking back at it, and especially just looking at like all the story points and just like the general at atmosphere and setting, which we're gonna get into a bit more later. But uh, yeah, it was just one of my favorite. Like even now, like I'm like looking back at it, it's still like one of my favorite games of all time, just purely because it just feels like art. Just playing through it, you know, like everything, the setup, the, the beginning is very strong. Intro, the hook, like all of that, and even the story holds up really well. Now, I mean, there are certain points that definitely shows its age, and we'll get to that, but. I think overall, like, I would, you know, I'd still play this game as much as, like, I enjoyed it back then. So, yeah, leave it to Peter for his initial first impressions, especially since he's coming in with a much fresher perspective. With, he's uh, got those fresh eyes, eyes, for sure. Those fresh eyes. New blood. Yeah, since uh, I, uh, this is my first time playing the game, I actually kind of have, like, a different opinion as you guys. like. I actually think the opening cutscene and like beginning part of the game is probably one of the best like opening portions of a game I've played in a while. And I definitely do agree that the game is really good and holds a lot of themes, which in my opinion I'm grateful that I'm playing it now now that I'm older and you know I've studied philosophy in college that I can appreciate a lot more of the themes that are going on in the game and I if I were younger I would have hated listening to audio logs but now I love audio logs, just hearing about the lore of the place, all the different characters that you don't get to really see in the game, but get to hear and their stories in Rapture. So with that, like I really do think the game is really good. I just don't think some of the some of the game like aspects have aged well at all. Like, for example, I'm just gonna say this now. I think the gameplay for this game is not stellar, but like when I was doing some research for uh just about the game in general, the the director of the game, Ken Levine, said that their budget was prioritized on story, characters, and then they went to like the big daddies and little sisters, and the gameplay was kind of like last, even though they wanted to kind of they wanted to innovate on that part. But you could definitely tell the gameplay, at least if you play it now, it hasn't really aged that well. But I mean it's the first game of the series, so you can't really judge it too much off that. But that was my only gripe with the game, to be honest. I I think that's pretty fair. Honestly, like even even as a big like nostalgia geek for it, there are certain parts that haven't aged super well. But personally, it's it's the experience as a sum of its parts that make it worth playing. And I'm sure we'll go into that with you boys later. Um, Do you have something to say, Will? Yeah, I guess. um, So I did play back just like a little bit or just i guess like a brief amount uh trying to you know for this episode and i mean looking back at it with like nostalgic glasses i just remember everything just being really fun but as peter kind of mentioned a little bit uh the gameplay itself does like obviously since it is like the first game and this is before really like the innovation of like this type of genre of like first person kind of horror adventure-esque uh games it definitely feels like a little clunkier 
but as you said, you know, the experiences, you know, just make up this nice, complete, like, narrative story that ultimately, like, that's that's the part that I remember the best. And, you know, you can't really replace that or honestly, like, the, even the gameplay itself doesn't really detract from that, like, that much. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like that. I, I'm totally with you. First thing that I really want to talk about with this game and the first thing you really begin to see in the game so it's kind of you know poetic is Rapture itself it's this for our listeners it's this underwater city where technology has like gone chaotic because there's little to no order very very few rules on what is to be done it's a technological sort of paradise or it was and when you're coming to the city, you're seeing it like in ruin. You're seeing what happened when all these scientists and creators, inventors got to do what they wanted without any overhead, without anybody telling them what they can't do. So it's this moral dilemma of a city where it's like, should this really exist? And it was all, it's all underwater. So it's very like dark and foreboding. And I wanted to know what y'all think like what y'all thought of that and i want to start with peter because i want to see what you as like a new new player of this game what you thought of rapture in this city and what it had to offer what do you think so just describing rapture the initial cutscene. so in the beginning of the game you're descending down in like a bathosphere that's what like a submarine like elevator is kind of called in the game and you get a view of the whole city and how it looks. And it's it's very beautiful and it looks good, to be honest. Even now, it still looks really good. The water looks good in the game, too. And there's one thing that I just couldn't, like, put my finger on, like, what it looked like. And when I was doing more, like, research, walking, like, watching, like, the director's commentary, a lot of their inspiration was Rockefeller Center in New York City. So if you don't lo- know what that looks like, it's, like, very geometric. It's very, like, in one place kind of buildings. And they... They all like fit with each other and it looks really good. And that was really the feeling I was getting. And I was just really reminded of New York and how much I miss New York right now. <laughs> Rip. Uh, <laughs> and that was my initial thoughts. I also think the inside of Rapture, the whole setting was very unique and I liked it a lot. It was really fun. And I really liked the different layers of the place because like you're thinking about it, you're like, all right, so if you're going to make a civilization underwater, what do you need? Right? You need restaurants, you need like an amusement park for like, entertainment obviously you need like the the rooms like the electric rooms where you have to manage the whole place and you know the office of andrew ryan who is like kind of the owner of the whole place so i think they had they really thought it out they they also had a mall i forgot to mention that and they just had like a lot of stuff that you know if you were living underwater yeah you would need it for the most part and i really enjoyed the setting What, what about you will um has has rapture still like sort of been something that you think is really cool or over time have you kind of thought it's waned off what do you what do you think of the city the underwater i mean i never played bioshock 2 so i i might not have felt as like fatigued from like the environment because uh, at least like for me like i haven't played any games kind of like with that similar kind of like concept i mean obviously it's kind of I feel like maybe it's like a reference to like Atlantis, you know, that underground's like, you know, high tech city. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and honestly like it's it's still great to see like just looking at the cutscenes, looking through the gameplay it's such like a cool concept and i felt that i mean i'm kind of like a sucker for these kind of like you know older style setting games kind of like it's not necessarily like new like noir style but just this like general you know older time period and then just exploring that environment that setting i still love it personally mm-hmm. i i i agree <laughs> You making fun of me? No, not. Yeah, like, no, no, that's definitely. I don't, no, it's okay. I don't know, it's there, there's something. There's a point I did want to bring up um, regarding Rapture that y'all didn't really get to touch on. Is I'm. Um, oh, and this might be context that was kind of lost, but this is set in like the '60s, right, guys? Yeah, 50s, the '60s. 60s? Okay, yeah, that's well. what I was thinking. Yeah, '60s. No, which is yeah, it's something you pointed out with it being old timey. But also, I want to say about Rapture is it does feel like realized. Like it doesn't feel like just some tubes put together, you know? Like yeah. it feels like the people who created this world were like, wait, where are they going to get their food? Where are they going to do all this stuff? They've got the mall, they've got a movie theater. Like it's a full city. And you travel to a lot of these locations and get to interact with it a little bit. And it's really interesting. And another thing I want to say on the horror aspect of this game is I don't know about you guys, but I'm I have a what is it? The lassophobia? Like I'm I'm pretty afraid of the ocean, personally. I, I I feel you and I'm very grateful this game didn't really have like any sea monsters or anything. Oh like yeah. That. It could have it could have messed with you bad, but yeah. I want to say that I think that that kind of adds to the city a bit where it's like it's this wonderful site but it's also kind of there's this sense of dread over the top of it because you are underwater the whole time so yeah like, uh oh, peter what's up yeah, yeah so on your point before my mom barged into my room there um <laughs> like what you were saying is that like there are tubes like the whole city's designed in a way where like yeah like people would there's resources for people to have and i think that's also like how wonderful the game is because the atmosphere of the game is like it's a horror-esque game right and you're like in a dead like dilapidated kind of ruined form of rapture so i also think that serves as like a form to be like to make you claustrophobic in a way because like look you're underwater you have pretty much no escape and like at any moment something can just pop out and i think the tubes and just knowing that you're underwater and a building's like about to collapse and all that stuff just adds so much to the atmosphere and adds to like the horror suspense kind of aspect with like the lights flickering it being dark which i'm gonna be honest i'm not good with scary stuff so i was like really sweating while i was playing <laughs> I, personally I, I heard peter playing and there were a lot of like no please don't do this don't do this just begging with the atmosphere which uh speaks to the game i would say but yeah go on sorry uh, i mean that's all i really had to say about that I also think that with the game, the music also played a huge role because it's just a lot of horror suspense kind of music, and I think the cues for the the cues for the music in the for the game are really spot on too, like really adding to the suspense as well. And I I just think it makes for a whole complete setting kind of atmosphere that's really good for the game. I I agree, and that's actually where I wanted to bring the conversation next was 
was the music and honestly more specifically than just the music is the sound because like like peter talked about is there's this claustrophobic feeling you have like the whole game basically there are some like open areas that allow you to breathe a bit more but just as soon as you get in there like they're kicking you out with like a flood or something and making you go down these tight corridors so there's not a lot of chance to breathe and i think that sort of is highlighted by some of the sound design where like you're always hearing like clanging or if you're holding your gun you can hear it in your hand like everything is sort of echoing back at you because you're underwater you're in this confined space it feels like everything is right next to you and uh it's kind of spooky uh did you have any would, thoughts on that well recommend oh sorry i would definitely recommend like wearing like headphones while playing this oh game. yeah it was it's like very immersive honestly with like all the sound and i mean just i i feel like this game does horror like pretty like right and that it didn't feel like like cheap jump scares that uh, you would get from like watching let's say like a really bad horror movie where you know once you see the monster it's just kind of like it stops being scary like one of the specific examples is kind of like even just from like the very beginning of the game where you're finally in like the city of rapture and then like you're kind of stuck in that like submarine elevator and then you see one of the characters just that's introduced like briefly like johnny you know getting stabbed by this like splicer woman initially and then like just like hearing him getting like stabbed like that is just kind of like you know it feels like you like really feel like the pain that he's experiencing when he has that and then immediately after he's trying to get into the submarine and you're just kind of freaking out like i'm sure like any any like new person playing the game would just be like oh are they actually gonna like get in here like this is like actually making me freak out and i don't know it was, mm -hmm. i felt they did a really good job of like setting up the atmosphere and then even the big daddy like introduction scene was i felt phenomenal but yeah. i i i totally agree um did you have any thoughts on the big daddy introduction scene peter i'll talk about it a bit too but i'm i'm curious what you think i i just really like the big daddies in the game in general because the game i think so the game doesn't have that many boss fights and I would say the big daddy fights, which is about like two or three per floor levels in the game. There are like eight levels in the game. They're really hard and they're pretty much optional bosses, but they give you an incentive to do it because they're little sisters that they're protecting. And if you don't know, if you're little sisters, you can either harvest or save them. And when you do, you get Adam, which is like what the whole game really revolves around because you also get like disability of plasmids, which is like a kind of offhand ability of like some, I would say, I don't like know. Magic. Like magic. Like yeah, magic kind of. You could shoot like lightning bolts out of your hands. You could do telekinesis. You could shoot, like do bugs, insect swarm. And I, I really like the big daddies in general. And I think the big daddies are really iconic because I think if a person mentions Bioshock, even if they haven't played the game, they kind of know about what a big daddy would look like. So I think it's had a lasting legacy. Personally. I I agree. Like I think it's it's pretty iconic the giant um scuba uniform with the drill on its hand it's it's really cool and i i think it is like super 
like it does feel a bit over the top, but it feels very right in Rapture. Like if I saw it in like another game about being underwater or whatever, I'd be like, okay, they gave like the rock a a suit. Like what's going on? But in Rapture, it's like <laughs> a scuba suit. But like in Rapture, it's just such a such a scary thing. Like this thing is in here with me, and I can't get out. Like, oh, oh, geez, this could, this could be a yeah. problem. Honestly, and like the fact that, you know, you can hear like each like stomp, like it's, it's like kind of slow, but it's like very menacing with like each step. Like you can like feel like, oh God, you're going to fight this like tank. You know, it's like, can you even like hurt this guy with like how strong he seems to be and just you know, how deliberate each step is. And this kind of references back to like a previous podcast episode we had. Check it out, the Scooby Doo episode. But I, I was kind of reminded of like uh, one of the Scooby Doo villains from the very classic uh, iteration of like a like a scuba diving villain. I don't know yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, so with the mention of Scooby Doo, are you going to give this game like a negative four or something? <laughs> negative four? Out of, I mean, yeah. that would make game. it easy, wouldn't it? That wouldn't really please me, but. I mean, subverting expectations is what I do. So, it's like, you know, this okay, game does well, that too a little bit, which we'll talk about. Yeah. <laughs> we should talk about soon. We we will talk about it soon. But okay. before we get there, I think it's time to talk about the gameplay. We can't avoid it forever. So, yeah. <laughs> Peter, you had very strong opinions on the gameplay. I want to kind of delve into that a bit more. What What was it that bothered you and made the gameplay perhaps the least appealing part of the game you can you can talk about it and let me know if i'm wrong there but so i will say think? the gameplay the gameplay overall was fun i'm not gonna say it's bad it's fun like i have satisfaction shooting a splicer with a shotgun or beating up a shocking and making a big daddy dance you know it's it's not bad gameplay it's just that i think it's dated especially for like standards now for gameplay and if you don't know so it's an fps game you get multiple guns you also get a wrench you get plasmids which is like i said earlier kind of like the magic system i want to say it's a magic system but it's like you know it's like another ability you have in the game and then another core part of the game is hacking where you try to hack robots vendors so you can get cheaper or maybe you have a robot fight with you and those are like three core elements of the game and the game it's it's really fun. It's not a bad game. It's just that I think it's because I played on the hardest difficulty when I played, and I did watch gameplay back on online of like easier, uh, the easier difficulties. You take like no damage on the easier difficulties. I'm just gonna say that now. And in the harder difficulties, enemies not only have more health, they like two shot you. The big daddy actually one shots you, and it's really annoying to play. And if there's like a swarm of enemies, like. It's really hard because they're all so tanky. You have to waste a lot of bullets and you don't get a lot of ammo in the game. So it's really hard to kill them. And then you're running around with no ammo and then you have to kill the big big daddies on the floor. And it's just like, it's just a headache sometimes. But I mean, I think that adds to the fun of it, like kind of this dilapidated world where like maybe ammo scares and, you know, you have to ration out what you have. Kind of reminds me of like The Last of Us on like Survivor Plus difficulty. So I thought... I thought it was fun overall, but I would say the gameplay is very dated, especially like the hacking and gunplay, in my opinion, especially that you waste so much ammo and the enemies have so much health and do like a ridiculous amount of damage to you. But I mean, if you're playing on normal or the easier difficulty, then 
they actually don't do that much damage to you. So and they have less health. So it's not that bad, but I think that's why personally it was such a struggle for me. It wasn't really that that much of a struggle. It's just kind of annoying at times because it's like I have no ammo. I can't kill the big daddy. So that's just mm -hmm. me personally. Mm -hmm. I, I, I definitely I definitely agree mm -hmm. with that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sorry, that was that was like a long rant. I had to like get that out there. No, no, no. Like I, 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 I appreciate it. I, I mean, I, like I, I agree since like I was trying to get back into it, and I mean, obviously, I didn't try to play on the hardest difficulty. I tried to play, I think, a medium. But I definitely like realized that yeah, like I mean, I didn't I didn't mind the hacking as much uh, compared to like other games that might use like similar format, like Spider Man PS4, where. It's very bad and very annoying, but I mean, this one kind of seemed more like an hey, actual. At least that's my PS4. Like, they let you do it. And in this game, half the time you can't even hack because, like, there's like alarm systems or like dysfunctional pipes blocking your way. So you just fail at it, like, from the get go. And it's just. I mean, that's I true. Know. But at, at, at the very least, I felt like this game actually made it feel like a puzzle that kind of like tested you know, what you're doing, whereas, like, Spider-Man, it was, like, matching the shape with the shape that it gave you, but we can go on a whole <laughs> different rant on Spider-Man PS4 and the Sitting in the Barrel episode. But anyway, yeah, I mean, I guess for me, like, the biggest thing I wanted to say about the gameplay is kind of, like, just, like, the uses of, like, like the guns, like, the overall gunplay of it, and, like, me playing it again on, like, a mouse and keyboard. I don't really remember how I felt with, like, a controller, but it, it just kind of felt like clunky, like the, you know, just generally just like shooting, obviously, like, you know, the whole first person shooter, like genre has been just like perfected over like so many, you know, years that's to come. And just kind of going back to it, it's kind of like playing like an old like Fallout game where, you know, the focus really isn't the shooting or like that's not the reason you come back to it. It's mostly for that story, that atmosphere. But. I mean, those are really just the uh, only takes I had in terms of the gameplay. What, what did what did you think, Matt? It's it's really hard to disagree on the gun front. Like, yeah, it's it's very bare bones. Like, you point at them, you shoot them. If you have ammo, you continue to shoot. If you don't, you whack them with the wrench. But for me personally, the most like satisfying aspect of the gameplay was the use of the plasmids. And yeah. kind of mentioned them, but the plasmids were really varied, and I thought um, I thought they were super creative. They remind me, I don't know if you guys have played this game, but there's a game called Dishonored that give you a large variety of skills. You can use like teleportation or go invisible, or you can like call a swarm of rats. And it it felt like the plasmids did that, but I was more restricted by like the mana usage aspect. That's true, yeah. Um, which yeah, Dishonored is William's favorite game. <laughs> Do you know that? I have a feeling that's untrue. Yeah, <laughs> but um, that's news yeah, to me. That's certainly news. To me. <laughs> that's news to you too. But yeah, that that's my main thing is plasmids while being super creative. Like you can shoot lightning, you can call down like a an insect swarm like it's really cool and it plays into the atmosphere because these are like these would be like illegal experiments illegal drugs on the surface but in rapture it's like anything is fine here you can do whatever your heart desires and they actually, made, made these amazing things what's up i i actually disagree i actually think the plasmids were 
I, I actually don't think they were that utilized in the game. I don't really think they were that that diverse too, in my opinion. Because some of them were worthless, in my opinion. But oh, I mean that's least, fair. Because there were only like four I was really cycling through when there was like I don't know like eight or nine. So I that's just I, my opinion on it. I mean that's fair, and like I'm not saying they're perfect. In fact, that's something I'm, I want to bring up later when we're talking about changes we want to make to the game. But um, I do really like the idea, and I think they're like satisfying to use, but the mana system makes it a bit frustrating and feel like a little punishing. I wish there was a bit more freedom in it. But uh, that's, that's for our discussion in a little bit. Uh, what other points do y'all have any anything you want to bring up regarding the game before we get to um the story itself which is a big draw for this game i think we should just move on to the story you think we're ready for the story all right so if you if you're listening and this game sounds intriguing to you um please stop here because this is going to be where spoilers start like raining down so story, story, story. <laughs> any any first thoughts when it comes to this story? I know it's freshest in your mind for you, Peter. So, what what are your thoughts on the story? And we'll get we'll get to the ending later. But that's like kind of what the game is known for a little bit. But uh, without further ado, what are you thinking, Peter? I think personally, the story is. It's a really great commentary on gaming in general, which is what the directors want to do. Obviously, with the would you kindly statements in the game with Andrew Ryan. And if you guys didn't know, so I'm just going to drop a lot of facts here. So the director, Ken Levine, took a lot of inspiration from Ayn Rand, who is a Russian-American philosopher. She wrote books such as like The Fountainhead, which... Fountainhead and Atlas Shrugged, which are both names inspired for Jack Atlas, Atlas Shrugged, and uh, Fontaine, you know, Fountainhead. And they're all just like philosophical books on kind of commentaries on like America, but that's like a different subject. And I found that this game was very good in that aspect with its characters specifically and kind of uh, Andrew Ryan's philosophy of being a objectivist slash capitalist. And it's, it's kind of fitting because he's kind of like that Rockefeller type character and Rapture is based off Rockefeller Center. And I just found the game like intriguing in that way. And I also found that the Would You Kindly twist where he actually, he loses essentially. Andrew Ryan's like, all right, yeah, I can't do anything now. Just kill me now. And that, that was like a scene where I was like, did I really win? Because you were still listening to Andrew Ryan. You killed Andrew Ryan on his whim. And he got what he wanted, you know. He survived in Rapture as long as he could, and he kind of died in his own hands, despite you being the person who killed him. But it wasn't in your control, which is really amazing to say, because the game just does a lot of things right in the department of characters and storytelling, and the commentary on gaming, where there's like the illusion where we think we have a choice, but we really don't. And Andrew Ryan even says, we all make choices, but our choices make us. You know, we think we have choices, and but our choices really do determine how we are as a human. And in games, our choices determine how we play out the game. And it ends up where we really don't have a choice in the matter at the grand scheme of things. And it's just the developers kind of leading us in one direction. So 
yeah, that's all. I, that's that's all I really have to say right now. So anyone else wants to take the floor? Hmm. Fair point. Uh, I would personally say that. Yeah, I think. I, I guess going off of just like the ending part where you are, I guess you actually meet up with Andrew Ryan. It's like coming into this. I think I was maybe like I'm like 12, 13 years old, and just even like that scene was just mind blowing to me where. He had this whole speech about, you know, men with free will, they choose, but a slave chooses or a, a slave obeys. And that entire exchange between you and Andrew Ryan, where you're actually meeting him like face to face, you know, it's not in your hands. And then he's just like showing you, like revealing this whole like twist where you weren't actually making really any of your choices. You thought you were, you thought you were leading this adventure. And then that Atlas was kind of like your buddy who was trying to help you out. but you realize from Andrew Ryan's speech that he's really pulling all the strings Atlas was uh, the entire time. And I think that was like very powerful. Um, and I thought, you know, Andrew Ryan obviously didn't feel like that boss since you didn't even like properly fight him. You know, he chose to accept his fate. And before he like went out, he was like, all right, well, I'm going to reveal this entire like what this entire adventure has been leading up to you thought i was the final villain but it really wasn't so yeah i mean that's just kind of like my general thing is that the story is just so strong and just very impactful with its commentary and i'll leave it to matt to kind of wrap it up with his points on the story i do <laughs> there's really nothing i can say that y'all haven't but i do want to mm -hmm. point to I do want to point to the beginning of the story. So you you start off swimming towards this lighthouse in the middle of the ocean. Nothing else in sight. It's very, very like kind of spooky. Like you don't know what's going on. And you get brought down into this magical sort of world called Rapture. And this voice is talking to you the whole time you're like going through this journey. That is the previously mentioned um, Ryan. Hi, editor's note. I made a bit of an oopsie. It's actually Atlas, not Ryan. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. And he's he's always there. You're, you're thinking he's sort of your buddy who's helping you through. And even at the beginning, he's talking about how like Rapture is this this utopia where you can do anything you want. You can be whatever you want. All right. So with all that, uh, the story was great. Huge fan of it. And I think even though we kind of spoiled it, uh, it's still worth like going through and watching a playthrough, playing the game, whatever you want regarding the story. And with that, I want to ask you boys, like we've been doing on our other episodes, is what would you change about the game to make it better, perfect, whatever you want to call it? What, what change would you make that you think would elevate this game from a 9 to a 10 or whatever? So let's start with Will this time. What do you think, Will? Hmm. Well, I think for me the biggest thing that didn't age well was certainly just the general gameplay. If they could just update, you know, just like how how it feels to actually like use the guns, the weapons, cycling through them. And I guess 
maybe adding some more diversity in terms of like the melee weapons you could use because i felt like the wrench i mean i was playing on like normal difficulty and the wrench felt like it did nothing i go to for these kinds of games if they have like a melee option it's like you know you really save your bull or at least my philosophy is kind of like you save your bullets for like when you really need it but like you know you try to just beat your way through through all the enemies just kind of bash them kind of kite around or sorry you uh Let's bash yeah bash around just avoid their uh <laughs> abilities and stuff honestly even even I, I i didn't mention this in the gameplay section but me trying to like you know hit them with the wrench and then trying to dodge like i still ended up getting hit even though i felt like i was maintaining like a good distance maybe i'm just really bad at the game but i felt having a more interactive gameplay in that aspect uh would honestly you know everything else in the game i felt was great just kind of elevating that just making it more up to like a modern standard as well as like the plasmid powers you know trying to make them feel like more diverse maybe even adding like some kind of upgrades so you could do more of the abilities i don't remember if that's what they did since it's been a while since i really like fully played through the game but doing like those little things i felt you know would probably make this game maybe even 11.5 out of 10 you know i don't know what my rating is i haven't said it so yeah Peter, what do you think? Even you don't Fair. know what your rating is. Till yeah. That, yeah. Right? <laughs> True. Hey, don't reveal that, man. I, uh, or whatever. What, oh, what do you think, Peter? Yeah, go oh, ahead. Okay. Well, for me, uh, I gave a lot of flack and gripes about the gameplay. But honestly, if I were to think about it, I really wouldn't change that much in the game. Uh, I really do think the only thing I would change, actually, is the AI. Because half the time, the AI was just somersault or like backflipping away from me or they try to fight me they engage in a fight with me and they just start running away so i'm just like okay so ai is one of the only things i really changed the other thing i would really change is not really the gameplay actually because i think it adds this is my favorite word it adds character to the game and oh jeez yeah so i don't really buy the game i <laughs> i really don't buy the the gameplay being as bad as it is at some points of the game i just think that sometimes the ai is a little too wonky and it's only really a problem when there's too many enemies on the screen if there's only one or two it's not bad but sometimes you'll get like flooded by like three or four then you accidentally shoot a big daddy and the big daddy gets out at you and you're like oh my god what am i gonna do so besides the clusters of enemies everything is fine in the game in my opinion so i really wouldn't change anything except for the ai Mm-hmm. I I respect it. That's that's totally fair. Alright, so my turn? Yeah, your turn. Cool. Um I'm gonna kinda go along with what Will was saying to a degree, oh, yeah. which is up updating the more combat interfaces, you know, where you have a little more a few more options. Personally, for me, I think it would be more interesting to get more environmental abilities. You know what I mean? Like, I want to be able to slide under somewhere and maybe shoot from under a table or something. Like, yeah. it didn't didn't feel like there was a lot of that. It felt like you were kind of strafing around, just leading enemies somewhere. And then if they got too close to you, you ran away. And I wish there was more to do than just that. Let me be I honest. Yeah, oh, what's sorry. No, no, you can finish your point. Sorry. Oh, uh, and I was gonna. I, my my point's gonna be a bit different, but go ahead. <laughs> You're good. Oh, I was just gonna say, 
I think the fact that the gameplay is kind of clunky and outdated kind of adds to the atmosphere because sometimes it's so bad that you just kind of feel like you're a real life person in the game trying to shoot and you realize I can't be that accurate or something. Uh, that, I guess that's fair. I like, just had that thought, but I don't think it was intentional, but nah, it definitely I, adds to the game, I think. That's that's fair, but yeah. What, what I was going to say was... I, I wish they used maybe the fact that you were underwater a bit more. Maybe maybe you could like shoot out the glass or something. And because there were a few parts where glass is like glass breaks and water flows in and they have to deal with it and stuff. It'd be interesting to use that for combat reasons, maybe. Like maybe a room is just too full of enemies. You shoot out the roof and then you run to a corridor and close. That'd be pretty cool, actually. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, maybe you can like shoot the glass, water fills in, and then you can like electroshock the floor so all the enemies get shocked. Exactly, and and that would allow for plasmids to be used a bit more. Yeah. Then because as as it is, plasmids feel like you just use them because. You you got them not because they're like good or interesting, and I I really wish they were more utilized. Like maybe give them. I personally think they should just be given like a cooldown instead of the mana system, because the mana makes me feel a bit. And but maybe you lose health instead or something. I don't know. I just wish I could use them more. You know, because I I enjoy them. I enjoyed sending a swarm of bees at someone for like no reason. That's that's very satisfying gameplay for me. But yeah, I I just wish there was more environmental stuff and more use for the plasmids. That's what would make it like a mwah, chef's kiss game for me. Oh baby, yeah. I, I think that uh, like for your point about like glass, I just remember like this one specific instance where. You're like trapped in the elevator, or I mean, you're like trapped somewhere where Andrew Ryan kind of like restricts you at. And right. it's, it's like, it's, there's like this scene where it's like building up tension because there's like a bunch of splicers, like all the lights turn off. They're trying to break through a window. And then, as like Alice at the same time is trying to like hack into like this door that was like locked out. And he's like, hurry, you have to get out of there and escape. And like, I was like looking behind me and I, I saw the splicers like breaking the glass. But then I tried shooting, like beforehand, I tried shooting the glass. To see if I could go through or whatever, but I was like waiting in the elevator, not actually like you know doing the next part of the uh, actual gameplay, which is to like press E on like the door to like lock it behind me. But I was just like waiting there, and they were just like breaking the glass like a good bit, and I was like, man, I kind of wish that like the glass was like more breakable in this game, so that you could actually like I don't know pick and choose your own fights and like you know add more like environmental aspects to it. Because I was just like watching them. Hitting the glass the entire time, I'm just like, okay, well, I mean, this sometimes the glass is like indestructible for even the AI, even though there's like certain aspects where it's like you can't shoot the glass, you have to wait for like the the time like cutscene where the enemy has to shoot the glass and break it for you to actually interact, like with the, like the doctor that you have to inevitably uh, chase. But yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just like little things like that would add so much more, and obviously the game was you know, a bit ahead of its time. And honestly, we can't have those, like, modern expectations. But hey, if they were to remake this game, those are great ideas. Please. Please. Listen so to that being said, let's move on to our ratings. 
deal. The I'll go first. We've all been waiting for. Yeah, Funky Frog three, two, one. Let's go with you first. <laughs> okay. Sorry, um, I just, I just read out Matt's gamer tag for some reason. I'm I'm flattered. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we are one in the same. But okay, so if I'm going to rate this, I'm going to give it a nine, nine out of ten. Honestly, I think the story, the atmosphere, the city itself sets it apart in a way that it deserves nothing less than a 9 out of 10 from me. The gameplay is what notches it down a bit. It can be frustrating sometimes. Sometimes stuff is too expensive. But I really enjoy the game, and I would recommend it to anybody who wants to, like, sort of enjoy this story. I wouldn't recommend hard, probably. I've, from what Peter has said, it's fun like, hard. I, I, it just seems like you're putting yourself through this uh, this gauntlet for no reason. When realistically, you probably just want the story and the atmosphere. Dude, but I'm that's just me, hunter, dude. Uh, you you are apparently. But yeah, that that's my opinion. Who wants to go next? Uh, yeah, well, nine, nine out of ten. The part you've all been waiting for, maybe, hopefully, True. I don't know. Um, I have. Okay, yeah, okay, all right, we got one person. So, Woo. looking at, how dare you, looking at all the things prior, you know, I got to give this game a 9 out of 10.3. A lot of things. <laughs> You're not supposed to change the secondary part. <laughs> hey, these are my ratings. If you got a problem, you can tell me on Twitter. Deal. But anyway, honestly, the game is great. It holds up pretty well, especially story-wise, and that's really the, like the thing that you know made me come back. But like that gameplay, just just my little gripes that I had before. If those were fixed, this would easily be a ten point five out of ten point five. But as it currently stands, you know, I gotta give it that nine. How, so, how does that make Peter, sense? It was ten point three before. How did it change to ten point five? Oh, did I say ten point three? You know. Uh, <laughs> That's a great question. You reevaluated. See, yeah, ratings they change as a reviewer of a pot on a podcast where you review, you know, older media. So yeah, I I get it. it. I understand the game. But anyway, Peter, what what is your rating on this this timeless (laughs) classic? (laughs) So my two ratings: the age like rating and the number rating. So I'll go with the number rating first. I give the game overall 8 out of 10. I think I take off two points because of the gameplay, even though I said earlier that I wouldn't really change the gameplay. But I, I will still still say that the gameplay is kind of dated in that sense. But I mean, if I were playing it back then, I actually don't think the gameplay would have been a problem, to be honest. And my age-like rating. I would give it a age-like Big Daddy rating because <laughs> Big Ooh, Daddies have aged pretty well. They're an icon in the gaming industry. They really are. So... I think the game's aged really well, personally. I think everything else about the game is... I, I don't really want to say perfect, but I'll say perfect, besides the gameplay. So, I really liked the, everything about this game. It was really fun to play. Uh, I do think next time, if we do play a game next time, that we should have more time, because I kind of had to grind the game out in three days, and I don't really like... I, I really like taking my time with games, but I didn't really have a choice in this matter. But, I mean, it's not a big deal. The game is relatively short anyways, so it wasn't a big deal. So, that being said, we have decided what we are going to do for next episode. 
and mm -hmm. if William would like to introduce what we're doing next episode, <laughs> please. <clears throat> Let me just uh, get the uh, get everything ready for the performance. All right, and action. Water, earth, fire, air. Long ago, the four nations lived together in harmony. Then, everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. Only the Avatar, master of all four elements, could stop them. But when the world needed him the most, he vanished. A hundred years passed, and my brother and I discovered the new Avatars Matt Peter and Willow Beach like wine, and although their takes are fire, they have a lot to learn before they're ready to record about tech issues. But I believe they can save the world with weekly episodes. That's right, folks. We are reviewing Avatar, but only season one. And if our buddy Craig is up for the task, you know, he'll be uh, also there. Actually, we might also have a guest. We may have a, a guest. Of ours. Right. Yeah. He's a big he Avatar fan. Yeah, also, uh, that performance was phenomenal. That was thank you. Another another two out of two, dude. That's, uh, that's, that's two a great, two two. another great introduction to that's it. Two out of two point five for me. Two point three. Two out of two point. Oh my gosh! Wait, what even is a two out of two point five? Don't, don't worry about it. it. You gave me an eighty. <laughs> that's um, not bad. That's kind of harsh. Eighty's pretty harsh. We take eighties. Maybe I. I mean. Never mind. Uh, yeah. Maybe I'm the only Has the school system aged like wine? <laughs> no. The education system of America. Has my childhood aged like wine? Um, zero out of 64 for me. For <laughs> zero out of 64. Zero out of $64,000 down the there drain. Oh, All right. Um, so hurts. I think that's all we have to talk about. Do want to point out we still have our Twitter up. It's at ALW underscore podcast. You're free to. Come follow, see when our episodes have gone live, and feel free to DM us any ideas, any thoughts, any suggestions y'all have. We'd love to hear from you. And with that, that's that's all we have, right? Any other thoughts, guys? This is probably our longest episode to date. We had a lot to say this episode, so thank you guys for keeping up with us. Oh, definitely, yeah. Thank you for listening. Appreciate it a lot. We, if you can tell, we're all hardcore gamers, so we had to give our takes on this game. Agreed. Agreed. Yep. Plus, yeah, you know, games are a bit longer, you know, to take in than your average movie or even TV series. So we apologize if they're a bit longer, but I, I guess maybe the general format for any gaming episodes, uh, as long as we're not like playing like. I don't know, like a flash game or an, like an iPhone game, uh, they're gonna be a little bit longer. Fancy probably. pants adventure. Yeah. Future episode. Future episode, guaranteed. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening, everybody. And we've been H Like Wine. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Peace out.